Hi, this is Carrie Ann Reed Brown, and this is Carry On Friends, the Caribbean American podcast. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Carry On Friends, the Caribbean American podcast. I'm excited because today I have a panel of guests. With me today, I have Ashley, Corey, and Jamie. Welcome everyone to the podcast. How are you feeling today? Good. Feeling good. Feeling good. Feeling good. What's going on? All right, cool. So let's go around and introduce ourselves. Ladies first, Ashley, tell the community of friends a little bit about who you are. Um, so hi, everyone. My name is Ashley Douglas. I am from St. Croix, U.S. Virgin Islands, but I have family in Trinidad, Dominica, and Bermuda, and I'm the owner of Merch Carnival. All right, Ashley. Yay, partner. All right, Corey. <laughs> Hey, what's going on? Um, my name is Corey Bishop. I'm the founder of Forgotten Lands Art Collective, and uh, I was born and raised on St. Croix, which is in the U.S. Virgin Islands. Uh, I spent a lot of time, though, in my childhood summers in Puerto Rico. My uh, mom and her family is from Aguada, Puerto Rico. It's like the west side. Nice, nice. And last but not least, with Jamie. Hi, everyone. My name is Jamie Jimenez, or in Spanish, Herman Jaime Jimenez. I'm actually, I'm actually half Puerto Rican, and my mom is from Peru. Uh, but my father's from Puerto Rico, and he currently lives there now. Uh, and I actually was born and raised in Connecticut. All right. Nice, nice. And so if you haven't picked up on it, the theme here, we have three guests who were born on Caribbean islands that are part of U.S. territories. And um, the question that I have for everyone is, what is that experience like being of the Caribbean, having a strong Caribbean culture, but are part of the U.S. territory? And yeah, how has that been for you? Um, yeah, I think growing up, I didn't really find the significance of, I guess, those identities or those relationships. I think moving to the U.S. Um, and understanding, getting a better understanding of myself and how I'm positioned um, as being someone from a U.S. territory, I see its significance. Um, I see the pros of it, you know, just being from the Caribbean and being a lover of Caribbean culture. It's something that I really appreciate, and I appreciate my upbringing and my family background, as well as, I guess, being in a, a U.S. citizen or um, some people, you know, consider us Americans, um, seeing in a way how we're disempowered in some ways. So. I guess in my adult life, I see that significance of that identity and that relationship, and that's something I appreciate, and I really promote more um, being a U.S. Virgin Islander. Yeah. I see. Um, Corey. Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's, – I like how I actually, actually put that. Um, yeah, I would have to honestly say I never really thought about any of this much until I left. Uh and I think I left when I was around 18 to go to the States for university, which a lot of us do, because um, there's one school there with not, not with not a whole lot going on. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I really, like I said, I really didn't give it, I feel like, a whole much thought um, until I went to the States and kind of started having conversations with state starters from the States, they started with Caribbean blood, or maybe they're from elsewhere. Um, and I just started to realize how very little people even knew about kind of the Caribbean diaspora and then specifically the fact that there were U.S. citizens living there. Um, and, you know, and then obviously with the whole, 
you know, me being mixed race and like my dad being a white boy from St. Croix who actually grew up in the Virgin Islands. Um, and then my mom being from Puerto Rico, you know, that discussion always occurred to, Oh, where's your accent and stuff like that. Um, Oh, that's Jamaica. And like, you know, the, the Caribbean representations that I feel like I ran into were always, you know, I guess not generic or stereotypical, but that would happen. Um, and, you know, I would, I would always make it a point for me to, you know, again, I wasn't, I wasn't the best in Caribbean history, but I would always try my best to kind of give them a better rundown of what is going on down there and the fact that we do have a lot more going on down there beyond just what you think or what you, you know, you might see in, you know, here and there, or if you, if you took a cruise ship once or something like that. Um, so I always try to make it a point now to kind of, you know, bring people back down to earth and give them a better understanding of exactly what, the fact that there are people living there. No, they can't vote. You know, no, our, our only thing we do there is not just please, you know, cruise ships that come in and, you know, trying to, trying to give them a rundown. All right, cool. Jamie, how about you? Oh boy. <laughs> so yeah, when, when I was, when I was growing up, um, I, I used to, uh, especially, especially in school, you, you know, it, it, I went to predominantly, uh, I went to a Catholic school that was predominantly all white. Um, so I used to, so I used to get people tell me that like, like, Oh, you know, you're first generation American. I'm like, no, I'm not. Oh, man. I'm like, what are you talking about? It's like, look, you said your dad's from Puerto Rico and your mom's from Peru. Yeah, my mom's from Peru, but my my dad's from Puerto Rico. It's a U.S. Commonwealth. He was born there. He was his father and his father before that. Puerto Rico, you know, came into the fray in like the 1920s. Don't you guys know this? Are you the adults? And they just look at me like, oh. So it's always it's always been like kind of like that weird thing. Like like either they never considered Puerto Rico being part of the Caribbean. Or they just, you know, or they knew that Puerto Rico was part of the, or, or they knew that because knew Puerto Rico was part of the Commonwealth, and they never realized that Puerto Rico could be both. Um, so that was always a little. So it's almost, I almost like had to sit there and like, you know, at some point I just stopped giving the educational <laughs> lessons. I'm just like, sure, sure, whatever you think, guys. Yeah, like we were like Puerto Rico is not part of the Caribbean. Sure, whatever you think. Uh huh. It it it, it was it was it, it started you know it started off like. You know, I'm trying to like help them, and then all of a sudden I realize I'm like, this is not my job. You know, it's like, it's like if, they, if they really want to know, I'll explain it to them. But you know, at some point I just like, yes or no. I, I just try to shorten my answer because it, it it became very weird to kind of have to explain to explain what Puerto Rico is. Even today, like people go like, like I remember last year there was some some girl in the park saying, you know, having an argument with a guy, and the cop is sitting there. And she's like, I'm from Puerto Rico. It's part of the U.S. And he's like, no, you're not. Go back to your country. And like, it's a commonwealth of the U.S. It, it, you yeah. know, so it still happens today. Like, you know, because it's, it's almost like, you know, they only know the 50 states. They don't know that Guam is part of the U.S. territories, that, that Puerto Rico is part of the U.S. territories, the U.S. Virgin Islands. I don't know why you can't get that with the U.S. in front of it, but. Right. <laughs> I'm like, uh, doesn't it say U.S.? What do you think the U.S. stands for in Virgin Islands? I'm just wondering. So, so what I'm getting is there are a couple themes that happen, and um, before I get to those themes, you 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 mostly mentioned, you know, statesiders or people um, from the American side of things not recognizing U.S. Virgin Islands or you know questioning or even Puerto Rico. What about how how do Caribbean folks react? 
when you are like, hey, Caribbean culture, and they're like, no, you're U.S. territories. Do you get any of that, Ashley, Corey, Jamie? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I did. Because most, I have friends, I, you know, my best friend is from Barbados. I have another, I have another friend who's, who's Jamaican. And so, you know, they just keep going like, oh, yeah, I keep forgetting that Puerto Rico is, I'm like, guys. It's, an, it's in the Caribbean. <laughs> the, question is, the question is, do they kind of question your Caribbean-ness because of the fact that you are of U.S. territory? Has that been your experience? I, I've gotten it because a little bit, a little bit more because I'm, it's Puerto Rico's a Spanish-speaking country. And so mm-hmm. they think that, that it's actually kind of like still a little bit more divided because of that, because, you know, the other territories are either English-speaking um, their territories are specifically English-speaking or, British, or were under British rule at some point, and, okay. and ours was not. So Puerto Rico is a little bit, you know, it, it's still part of the Caribbean. It's just, it's still considered sometimes, you know, it's like, well, it's not part of the West Indies. And we're just like, oh, okay, well, if you want to get specific, I mean, okay, <laughs> sure. That makes, oh, okay, all right, West Indies, we'll get technical. Ashley, Corey, any experience on that front, whether about the Caribbean-ness or your Caribbean-ness? Um, I think for me, I, I don't see that as much as for myself, like uh, personally, but I do see that when I go sometimes go to Caribbean events or maybe hearing stories from, you know, my mom and my dad, who I guess are technically U.S. immigrants um, coming from Trinidad and Dominica, but they first immigrated to the U.S. Virgin Islands. Um, so sometimes there is a disconnect. Um, sometimes when I go to events, like people will call out, like you know, like rep your Caribbean country, and they'll have like every country under the sun, and then like everyone from the Virgin Islands, they're like, hey, we're right here, like what's going on? Um, so I think it's just a unique space to be, um, and maybe sometimes people see the U.S. Virgin Islands, like if you move there you, or you see it as the U.S., um, and maybe not necessarily being part of the Caribbean. Like I am really interested in like a lot of Caribbean cultural programming, um, like things like Carafesta. Like I really love Carafesta and, and I've been once before and um, there was no representation of the US Virgin Islands because I guess it's not really, that country is not really being included in the conversation or if it is, it's like a, like a side topic or we're just like there, like no one really knows um, where to place us since we're, such a unique place and and that goes for Puerto Rico too um so personally for me like when I I have friends from other Caribbean countries and they bring me into the fold and it's fine it's just sometimes you just find yourself in a weird spot in terms of representation but personally I haven't all right cool Corey have you had any experience I I think I, I was yeah I think I actually put it very very eloquently I feel very very similar where you know like like I would say, maybe friends. Like I lived in New York for about seven years after I went. I left the St. Croix when I was 18. Went to university for four years in Pennsylvania, um, which was a mistake. And then I moved to New York um, for about six, seven years. And yeah, I actually do have a good bit of Caribbean friends um, who, I, who I met, you know, in my time in New York. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I would definitely say it's, it's very similar. Where like the friends don't quite. You know, no one's questioning you. No one's questioning your identity, or at least me personally, um, around whether Saint Croix is part of the Caribbean or not. But yeah, I would say technically or systemically, when you do go to an event, or you know, it is sometimes an afterthought because 
because we aren't, you know, let's say per se a country technically, or because we're, you know, technically the U.S. or the, you know, I, I wouldn't go far as to call us the mainland. That's for sure. Um, I don't think, I I don't think personally other Caribbean folk, you know, think like that far. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's definitely definitely sometimes an afterthought. You know, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, you guys are American, so like, you know, maybe that's why, or like, you know, at events or so and so. But I would say like between friends and people I've met. Um, you know, there's definitely sometimes I would say St. Croix is just not the most popular island. That'll happen where they're like, oh, which one is that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know which one that is. Um, so beyond that, yeah, I would say I would say very similar events wise, system- systemically. And when you kind of go go to things like that, then, um, you know, we might be overlooked. But I would say, you know, among friends or other other West Indians, I would I definitely think that, you know, it's there's, a, there's kind of a common understanding. Um, because we all kind of are the same people when you when you look back at it. Yeah, and we are the same people. It's just there was a land purchase, and it is what it is, right? But the culture yeah. and the baseline is basically Caribbean exactly. culture. You you guys have carnival, the same. Every every the, the, even the language to a certain degree, you know, the, yeah, exactly. the the intonations they're similar, which is why people will automatically, you know, when they first hear it, they'll automatically go to the de facto only place in the Caribbean, Jamaica. But um, so the themes that I heard from all three of you were a lot of, with the exception of Jamie, but still the same. Where this issue of the ignorance around, you know. U.S. Virgin Islands being part of the Caribbean or even Puerto Rico happens once you leave um, your islands and come here, which is interesting. A previous guest kind of said the same thing. When you're on the island, there's no need to because everyone knows. But if you, when, you, when you're taken out of the everyday life of people you're around and you're now in the U.S. and people are like, oh, you're from U.S. Virgin Islands or you're from St. Croix or whatever, and no one thinks of you being American citizens. And it could be... Um, it, and and maybe I'll ask this, could it be that people just see the Caribbean as this, as someone says, this monolith, this one big thing and just group everyone from the Caribbean in this one big lump and not understand the intricacies of the region, you know, the Spanish speaking to Puerto Rico and um, the Dominican Republic, the French speaking, the Dutch speaking aspects of the Caribbean. So do you find that typically when you move, that's kind of when this awareness happens and it's more, Jamie's tired of educating people, but is it because people have their preconceived notions about what the Caribbean is and no matter what you say, they just don't want to change that thought? I think, I think the opposite happens for me when I go to Puerto Rico, mm. where all of a sudden I'm just the American mm. and they don't see me and they don't see me fully because I'm, I'm only half Puerto Rican. They, only, they don't really see me as Puerto Rican. I'm like, oh, that's your cousin. Oh, yeah, that one. You know exactly who that is. He's definitely American. And all of a sudden, they just they just automatically assume that. I didn't mean to laugh attention. at that one, Jamie, but you're like, oh, that one. It was. Oh yeah, no, no, seriously, it it, it has happened. When they go, oh, that one. Oh yeah, that yeah, yeah, I see it. Like they like they all of a sudden they don't see that I'm Puerto Rican, and yet when I'm here, people go like, oh yeah, I can see that you're Puerto Rican. And I'm just like, I don't, I. I'm like, okay, I don't know how this is going to, I don't know how this is working. I'm like, I'm like, you guys are confusing me now. So yeah, because I think what happens is that people kind of like are quickly to divide themselves and put themselves in their, in their categories. Like if you, like if you said, hey, you know, if we had all, you know, people from 31 different countries in the, in the Caribbean and the guys, let's just, 
let's just all hang out, you know, and it's a group of us, I'm pretty sure everybody's going to try to find people from their own island automatically, you know, or, or someone who's close to. So, and I think it happens, and I think it very much so happens, especially when, when I go to the Caribbean. Um, when I'm when I'm here, people are just take me at face value and just go, oh, you're Puerto Rican? Okay, fair enough. And they just kind of like leave it like that, and they just kind of put me in that category of like, okay, he's from here, and I'm back. But, but when I'm there at home and I'm seeing my cousins and everything like that, they just see me as the American. Some of them think I'm a cowboy. Some of them think I'm a I'm a slick New Yorker, like a banker. They just go by what they what they oftentimes stereotype in the movie. Um, so. Ashley Corey, question for you: Is it the nuance of saying I'm from Saint Croix as opposed to saying Oh, I'm from the U.S. Virgin Islands? Because Saint Croix, um, I mean, the U.S. Virgin Island is made up of a few other islands. So, do you feel like the nuance there makes it like people are like, "What? Where are you from?" or not automatically go to the U.S. aspect of it? Um, for me, I'd just say I'm from the U.S. Virgin Islands. Or some, I've noticed I say more just the Virgin Islands in general. Um, and then if people are interested, I'll say which island. But I guess I don't have as much hope that people know what the U.S. Virgin Islands is from the get-go. Um, so then it's it's like a little surprise for me when like, oh, and people are like, oh, which island? So, but I just say the U.S. Virgin Islands in general, and people still don't know. <laughs> I see. Yeah, I, I try to like size the person up. I know that's a weird thing to say, but I'm always like, all right, let me, let me, you know, from the five minutes I've been talking to this person or whatever, maybe I try to take a gut check of, of what their, you know, I would say their Caribbean history, history lesson has been. <laughs> And if I think it's been poor, I usually just say Caribbean, to be honest, um, because, you know, I've just, I've just, yeah, I've, I don't know, I've had similar occasions where I just either don't have the time or I don't feel like getting into the details and the nitty gritty, or I just don't think the person cares. Or I don't think it's going to, you know, the person's going to retain that piece of knowledge. Um, but if the person is interested or, you know, or maybe is well-traveled or well-spoken or whatever the case may be, um, sometimes I do go into detail. Um, I, I have times if I'm in a space where there's more, you know, maybe Spanish speaking people, um, I usually just say Puerto Rico to keep it simple. Um, so I definitely kind of change identities a lot, kind of based on who I'm talking to, what they know, um, you know, what kind of, where's the conversation going? Um, because I've, I think Crow is usually the last thing I'd say, to be honest, because I do think, you know, it's just a lot of people might not know that, oh yeah, St. Thomas, oh, I've been there for three hours on a cruise ship and you're like oh wait no that was St. Martin and you're like oh okay well this is why I, this is why I didn't waste my time but um but I do try to I do try to you know give give that information if someone's interested because I do think it's you know as, as tiring as it gets sometimes um I do think it's, it's important to educate people about other spaces where you're from you know the history and and all of that yeah. Um, so what you've said, Corey, is kind of a conversation we're having where as as immigrants, especially and immigrants from the Caribbean, you know, um, a previous guest said it and it's just like been a theme, you know, culture and heritage are so multi-layered. So, you know, depending you, you've just given a great example, depending on who you're talking to, you're from the Caribbean. Exactly. And if you're from the Caribbean, if you're talking to someone from the Caribbean, you get more specific, you know, so if you're talking for someone who's like, yeah, my family's from the U.S. Virgin Islands too then you'll get specific to say you're from St. Croix and if you had a conversation with someone else who happens to be from St. Croix then you start getting specific to which neighborhood so I think for immigrants and people you know generally you're having 
so many layers. So you can say Puerto Rico, you could say U.S. Virgin Islands, you could go very granular. Or if you're in New York and you want to keep it simple, you're just like, yeah, I'm from New York, like Jamie probably does. So as we, so as wrapping up that S segment of this conversation, what would you like people to know about you being of Caribbean heritage, but from countries that are U.S. territories? What would you like to say? This is your one I wouldn't say the one, but if you had the <laughs> to say, you know, what would you like to tell people? I think, I think for me, I, I always, I mean, a lot of people sometimes may not know until when the people find out that you are from the Caribbean, all of a sudden they start talking about not only the diaspora, but the politics of, of what's happening in their country, because they're still very much so in tune um, and what's happening for them, what they consider home. Because um, a lot of, I, I mean, I know a lot of people that are actually from the Caribbean that, that live here. And they go like, well, what's happening back home, you know, and I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, you know, I think oftentimes people think that just because you leave that you kind of like that, that, you know, all of a sudden not in tune. But yet you still have family back home and everything like that. For my fa- my father lived in, in, the, in the U.S. mainland for I think almost 40 years. And then he decided to go back home and he moved back to Puerto Rico. And then, you know, especially after Hurricane Maria happened, you know, I'm wedding bullets because I couldn't get in contact with him. You know, I, you know, it was super hard. Um, and so, and so for me, you know, I was trying to find flights to get, to get down there just to, just to go see him and go check on him. And I couldn't. So Puerto Rico's part of my life as me being here in New York or me being born in Connecticut. Um, so I always tell people it's oftentimes some people don't understand. Some people are sometimes just born in, in, in one location and die in one location. And that's, you know, and that's, and that's great. And for me, even though I wasn't born in Puerto Rico, it's like, it's like at some point I, 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 I see no problems and no corns picking up my stuff and moving to Puerto Rico um, just because I'm just very comfortable with that. You know, for, I always tell people for Puerto Rico, it's in a weird wonky place because it's trying, it's, it, they're, they're trying relentlessly to become a state because they're being penalized as a commonwealth by, by certain laws that they're keeping in place, that they're keeping in place to control what it can and cannot do. So, you know, for for me, like I said, I'm always I'm always in the know about what's happening in Puerto Rico. Um, as much as as much as my best friend, who's from Barbados, who knows exactly what's happening in Bar- <laughs> in Barbados politics and Barbados culture, you know, Bayesian culture. So so yeah, so it's something it's like it's a part of me. It's a part of who I am. Yeah. So yeah, Jamie, you and Corey, even the complexities of lang behind the language and race. That's a whole other show because of again people's preconceived and how people like to define you because that's how they are comfortable describing you. They they need to put you, they see you, they put you somewhere. And even for Corey, maybe Corey's first identification from people is like, oh, you're biracial. And you're that's maybe not the first thing Corey sees for himself. He's like, wait, you know, my dad is this, my dad is that. I, I come from, I was born in, you know, St. Croix. So it's, you know, I, I do understand or, you know, or empathize with the added layer of your your racial makeup that makes it kind of challenging to have a conversation about where you're from. Um, Corey, any last thoughts on what you want people to know about you being of Caribbean heritage living on or from a, a U.S. territory? Man, about me? Um, yeah. <laughs> that's a good question. Um, 
I don't know. I guess I would just say, you know, yeah. you do a little homework before you, you go on and tell and, and, you know, make generalizations or, or, you know, say one thing or another and understand that there are a lot of layers to it. And, and that's just how, you know, of course, history and colonization is. And there are, you know, the Virgin Islands has such a rich history and so does other Caribbean islands, so does Puerto Rico. And just be cognizant of that before you kind of, you know, put us all into a bucket or put us all into one thing or one, or one thing we're not. Um, but at the same time, that is kind of human nature, as you touched on, tribalism, um, you know, otherism and people saying, oh, you're this, I'm that. Um, but then, you know, just understanding at the end of the day, if you look back at it, you know, from a Caribbean person speaking to another Caribbean person, we're all really similar. Um, you know, Americans speaking to another American, it's like, you know, we are kind of all in this colonial game that the U.S. has even its own citizens in. Um, you know, so just, just, just understand that there's a lot, there's a lot of layers to it historically. And that, yeah, we are American, but we are, we are at the same time, you know, Caribbean people who at the end of the day, we didn't, we didn't choose to be purchased by the United States. Nobody chooses, you know, their entity. Nobody chooses who they're born under. Um, so, you know, just understand that. That was a good one. Colonialism. We should do another episode on that. Ashley. Yeah. Good luck. (laughs) Um, yeah, I definitely resonated with what Jamie and Corey said, and I love the just like the play on territory and colonialism. Because when you think about it, it it is modern day colonialism that we're under. Um, but for me, I guess in in grad school, I thought about um, my identity a lot, being a Caribbean person and talking to people about the Caribbean and the Virgin Islands and then just the Caribbean diaspora as a whole. And I don't think a lot of people realize how complex our identity is. Um, Like just for me, like coming to the U.S. and going to school, like a lot of people put me in this bucket of African-American or like thinking of Caribbean people as primarily being Black. But I always say the Caribbean is the original melting pot. Like there's so many people historically that have come to the Caribbean. You can have Caribbean people that are of Asian descent, white descent, black descent, um, you know, native descent. We're just basically all put there through these like historical things that have happened with colonialism and slavery and, um, you know, the, the slave trade and, sugar plantations and like all of that those things and the Caribbean identity is not one thing we can't be put in a bucket and I think since people simplify who we are so much or they don't know they don't understand the complexities of that like I I always remember I think it was my first year in college I was volunteering um the sports event that had Caribbean athletes there and there was a volunteer who was Jamaican but he was Chinese because you know as you know Carrie Ann there's you know and like my friend was just like so perplexed she was like I don't understand like he looks Asian but he's like talking with and it was like raw raw Jamaican accent like he was from Jamaica I knew he was from and I was like cracking up and I was like yeah like he's from Jamaica like that that is a thing like that you know like that can happen that is part of our culture our history and like the same example, like I was at an airport with another friend and um, there was a white couple in front of us, but they were Trinidadian. They had deep Trinidadian accent. I knew they were 
my friend my friend then was like I don't understand like what are they saying and I'm like oh they're from Trinidad and there's that disconnect that people don't see that you can spot a Trinidad accent right away um and just from for me personally like knowing my background like my great-grandmother she's Carib Indian um my grandfather he's half Chinese from Trinidad and I'm just like mixes all of these things and I think like coming to the U.S. people are like first off you're black you're Mm -hmm. African-American and I'm like wait no like there's a lot going on like I don't even know what's going on and I think that helped me stand more firm in my Caribbean identity because mm-hmm. I think like right now when I introduce myself or even when I have to like check off one of those boxes like sometimes I even check other because I don't want people to put me in that box because I see that they don't understand the history and the background of me so like I just always like rally I guess West Indianness and always fight for that and I know being from a U.S. territory like especially with like the U.S. Virgin Islands, and even more so with Puerto Rico, like you can see it now, especially after the hurricane, people didn't understand that connection of us being U.S. citizens. They didn't really knew how we fit. They don't understand why we're being supported or needing help. So I think that kind of was a way to show people like, hey, like there's this unique thing that's happening. These are people that need to be supportive and started, you know, has started conversations like these. And so that is the perfect transition to kind of Corey's project, but a little bit about that very thing you talked about, how the hurricanes really kind of thrusted the U.S. Virgin Islands and Puerto Rico into this limelight, not in a sense of Puerto Rico is not that, but like the support because um, Puerto Rico and the U.S. Virgin Islands, you have representatives, but they're, they're more like lame ducks for lack of a better word. Um, Pretty much. So, yeah, so we have a governor. Um, we've always had a governor. And, you know, in Puerto Rico, the governor is pretty much almost like a prime minister. But the, but the dilemma is, is that when he goes to the House of Representatives, even it, it happens to the uh, Commonwealth areas, like even with the, the Samoans that are part of the U.S. territory and, and people from Guam, you know, we can serve in the military. We can vote for our own governors. If we move to the mainland and wherever state we live in, we can then vote for the president. But as long as you're living on, in the territories, you have the, those citizens there have no voting rights. If your primary residency, because people keep forgetting, you can actually live in more than one um, one residential area. But if your primary residence happens to be in the in the in the islands or or outside the U.S. mainland, except for Hawaii, you cannot you cannot vote for the president. Mm. what's 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 also interesting and so so you have representatives but the most of the time or you know the citizens can't vote there's an interesting tidbit and i'll I'll, and i'll stop geeking out on political science and the residents of washington dc do not have a representative at all and um it's a very interesting because washington dc is considered the capital you can't have a representation so that's why the license in dc is like taxation without representation because they're being taxed but they don't have a representative to advocate for their needs so dc only has maybe a mayor there's no representative in congress i i don't think that has changed from when i went to school but that's they're, just geeking they're, out. Famous, they're famous for their mayors and they're and they are also a commonwealth yes Yes, that's the, that is the interesting tidbit about all of this. And and not surprisingly, a lot of the residents of D.C. are what? They're black. 
So we can, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's a very interesting um, makeup of how you are categorized, the rights you're given and the impact. So transitioning a little bit, we'll talk about Corey's project post hurricane. So Corey, tell me a little bit about your project, Forgotten Lands Art. That was a good segue. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So Forgotten Lands, definitely touching on touching on the hurricanes. Um, Forgotten Lands was created about, I guess, 2019 now. So fall 2017. Um, and, and and it really had to do similar similar to what you guys were discussing, just kind of the uh, the restlessness that I had, and you know when these storms were taking place. Um, you know, my grandma, who's like 86 now, who I I go back every year. Um, around Christmas time because I love Puerto Rico and I love her and my cousins there and whatnot. Um, so yeah, I mean when the hurricanes hit, you know, I, I didn't speak to my parents. I think it, I think a week or two went by. I think my grandma was like four weeks. She lived by herself. Um, you know, they had no power for six months. Like we all we we all know these stories. We all have friends who've lost their houses. We lost our house not this hurricane, a couple hurricanes ago. Um, and I was just living. I actually moved from New York. I was in New York until like a year or two ago and I actually moved to California to work um to get to get a nine to five I used to freelance forever and uh you know I'm here going to work you know getting my cappuccino going lunch and like you know as if everything's okay back home and it just wasn't and I had you know I was just very uneasy going going through my day-to-day -day life here um you know while checking my phone frantically and checking the news frantically and like I just kind of felt helpless and I was tired of sharing Facebook statuses and, you know, you know, thing, thing, you know, I was just kind of tired of, of the mundane kind of awareness when it came to the hurricanes. I was like, all right, what, what can I actually do? How, how can I actually make an impact? And I actually was pretty close to moving back um, just to physically help. And my dad, who always kind of talks me down to earth, my mom's very supportive, almost too supportive. She's like, yeah, that's a great idea. And then my dad's like, um, have you thought about the fact that you're another resource? You know, you, you're going to have to eat. You're going to have to take a bath. You're going to have to, you know, you're, you think you're going to come down here and, and be in the help and then, you know, do all these things, but you're actually kind of limited. And unless you own a construction company or can really move things in a big way, you going back immediately after is actually could be an inhibitor. Um, obviously, unless there's something pressing, you know, but um you know, you're you're gonna you're gonna be able to do a couple of things those first days, and then you're just gonna be sitting there waiting for them to fix the power, unless you know how to fix the power. You know, so you're kind of limited um, in that regard when you when you think about it realistically. And uh, so I just kind of looked at my network. I used to work in just like my my uh, background racially and like all that stuff. My my just experience in the workforce since university is also very random. Um, I studied economics and computer science, but um, I never really got into it fully until probably now. But um, I used to do set design and fo photo assisting for, it's a very New York job, basically photography in New York. And um, I met a ton of photographers. And one of my good friends is actually part of the Caribbean diaspora. He's Jamaican. His mom and dad's from Jamaica, but they migrated to the DMV area. And he goes back. He's pretty much from there. He was not born there. But it goes back every year, and I kind of was just talking to him, and he was feeling just as restless. And we were like, "Let's do something. Let's do an art show." It's weird. I was kind of looking at things that I can do with my network and my experience. I was like, "Okay, I know a decent amount of photographers from the VI, photographers from Puerto Rico, and photographers in the states or the Caribbean." So I was like, "Maybe we could pull together an art show." Um, you know, mind you, it's the storm's in September. It's already October by the time this was starting. So. 
and you need to do it right away, you know, when it comes to things like this. So we were like, okay, can we pull something together by the end of the year? So we did, and we had an art show about two years ago, and uh, we raised actually a couple thousand dollars, which is really cool. And, uh, you know, basically the artists were donating their work. We were 60% would go to them, 40% would go to our nonprofit partners. We were working with two nonprofits. One's the St. Croix Foundation, which I'm sure Ashley's heard of. And then the other one is um, the Contemporary Museum of Art in Puerto Rico. They had an artist relief fund, which essentially gave money to artists who lost their studios or like studios were damaged or like really cool cause because it's, it's very, you know, boots on the ground. It's not just some, some, you know, big nonprofit organization that's going to, you know, your, again, we couldn't, we could we didn't raise millions of dollars. So I wanted to ensure that the money we did raise since it wasn't, it, it was, it was hard work. I was like, I want this to go to its impact. Um, you know, every little bit counts. And, and I was very happy to partner up with them. And so we threw that art show and it was, it was, it was super, it was, it was great. I mean, for a last minute show and, and to put it on top, of course it snowed like crazy that day. Um, but true New Yorkers, I don't think snow or anything will really stop them if they want to go to an event. Um, so people actually did show up. It was awesome. And that essentially culminated into a second show last year. And now we're doing, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm essentially trying to figure out ways to tell stories, tell forgotten stories, Caribbean forgotten stories. Um, you know, it kind of started with the, with the hurricanes and, and um, I, now we're kind of bleeding into just other stories, small stories, large stories, historical stories, cultural. Um, but for now, yeah, we just released, I guess a week or two ago, two weeks ago, uh, a photo book and, you know, I don't know if it's a photo magazine or a photo book. I don't really sure. You know, everybody likes to categorize things. Um, you know, I've, I've just been saying it's a book. It's volume one. Um, and it's essentially it's called We're Still Here. And it's essentially a photo collage. And along with about three stories um, in it um, about different artists from Puerto Rico, from St. Croix, St. Thomas. Um, there's a Jamaican in there. There's, uh, I think, someone from Grenada in there. So, you know, just kind of the, the diaspora, how the storm, stories before the storm, after the storm, during the storm. Um, you know, we have a photographer who, her name's Erica Rodriguez, for example, who, it's, it's really funny. She basically took all the photos that New York, she works for New York Times, she's a traveling uh, photojournalist, and she's a disaster photojournalist, which means she goes places when there's a disaster. And ironically enough, this, you know, this job she was put on is, is the island that she's from, Puerto Rico. So we have a story about that that's called like working from home, essentially, you know, what's it like, you know, documenting the carnage that happened on your island, you know, as well as while you're helping your family because you're from there and you had to go back to do this. And, you know, it, it, it's, it's been good. You know, Ashley was just asking me before we started how sales are going, how, how you know, how's that all going? And, and honestly, it's the first book I've ever made. Um, I've, I've done a lot of, I used to do a lot of set design and photo design, and now I'm randomly doing more computer science work, but, um, you know, I've never made a book and print format and, you know, print medium is, is I think I'm almost nostalgic. Um, I love books. My mom is randomly a librarian, um, as Ashley knows, um, cause we went to school together for a short amount of time. And, um, so I always love books and I think it's, you know, it's really relevant to tell a story that, you know, you could, when you could do it through print, because you have the, the option of, holding something in time, you know, through, through something that's physical, you know, beyond just, you know, nowadays everybody's just so quick with their phones and they get, they read, the, they read half the article, it's over, they never come back to it. So I was a bit worried about doing something online because I was just scared that it just won't quite get the time that it deserves. 
So yeah, we have this photo book, Volume One. It's um, it's on sale online. It's on sale in a couple stores in St. Croix, Puerto Rico, New York, um, even out in California. Yeah, I mean, I really appreciate you asking. It's 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 been an interesting effort. It's been really, you know, it's been really resonating well. We've been getting really good feedback, which which really means a lot to me. Um, and you know, it's just kind of it's, it's really taught me a lot making a book. And I'm, we're we're already getting started on Volume Two. Um, hopefully, maybe out in the fall. But um, but yeah, that's 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 just the spiel. <laughs> well, I'm I'm glad you share that because all three of you have something so rich in common. Not only are from U.S. territories, but again, the hurricane kind of really did a spotlight on what that means. And you know, you yeah. using this photo book, for lack of a better word, it 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 helps highlight. It's one is creative in raising awareness and funding for artists and using you know, what you say, like, where you get life gear, lemon, you make lemonade, like using exactly. the imagery <laughs> of, you know, what happened in the hurricane as art and using that to raise awareness, but showcase the skills of artists. And I think it's, it's what we do in the Caribbean, right? We're resilient and, you know, we figure out how to make to, you know, as we say in Jamaica, every mickle make a muckle. Something comes together. And I think, you know, that's part of why I wanted the three of you on the show to to kind of start a conversation that, you know, I not not having Puerto Rico or the US Virgin Islands as an afterthought, but you are also part of a conversation because even if you you know, even though you're US territories, we share climate issues, we share so many things, and it's more of having conversations about how we can all collectively like, you know, be one big Caribbean island community and, you know, then figure out how we mobilize because again, you have voting once you, U.S. is your main residence, you're voting and, and I'm big on the Caribbean as a voting block for our interests because almost always they are going to impact the region. So I'm, thank you for sharing that. I looked at a few images and I really liked the one with David Berg with the woman looks like she's, you know, doing a cat woman underwater. Um, (laughs) I like that. Um, So I want to thank, I want to thank Ashley, Corey, and Jamie for being part of the show. It was really fun having all three of you. Jamie, you know, I'm going to see you someday soon. We're going to talk on the phone. Ashley, as always. Corey, we don't talk as much, but I'm hoping, you know, we can continue to connect. And um, as I like to say at the end of the show, well, good. You've been listening to Carry On Friends, a show about the Caribbean American experience. We post new episodes every two weeks. And if you want to learn more, buy merchandise, or sign up for our newsletter, check out our website, carryonfriends.com. You've been listening to Carry On Friends, a show about the Caribbean American experience, produced by Breadfruit Media. We post a new episode every two weeks on Tuesday. And if you're looking to learn more, buy our merch, or sign up for a newsletter, check out carryonfriends.com. Or find us on all social media platforms at Carry On Friends. <laughs>